Hey everybody, uh, this is Kelly Dixon. I'm here with uh, a bunch of cool guests today for the Better Call Saul Insider Podcast. Um, we are uh, going to talk about episode 203, uh, and I'm here with Vince Gilligan, Peter Gould. Hey everybody. Hello. I'm also here with our production designer, Tony Fanning. Hey guys. And I'm here with the writer of this episode, Jonathan Glatzer. Hello. And Jonathan, you're actually a new writer this year. I am. And then I'm also here with uh, my co-host and my one of my best friends and uh, and uh, uh, former uh, assistant who is now editing in his own right. You are editing now on Fear the Walking Dead. That's true. Chris McCaleb. Hello, everybody. And, and hello, Kelly. And he's getting spoilers and everything to come do these podcasts because he's just so valuable. And we miss him. Oh, we miss you. We do I miss, miss you, you guys. Chris. So are you going to tell us everything that happens this season on Fear the Walking Dead before it airs? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, All we'll right. do it on the podcast, actually. I Go. think they'll... I can. I think I'm cool to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Charlie Collier said it was okay. He loves it. Oh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, that's a fun show. You having fun? You having a good time? I am having a great time. Yeah. Cool. Just uh, I'm, my editor's cut is due in uh, like 48 hours from like right now. And you're oh, here now? Right. Yes. Shit, man. That's dedication. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it's fun. I wouldn't miss this wow. for sure. But you left. You left Mike Barentrout here. Mike Barentrout is Mike here. Mike Barentrout. That yes. is true. That's right. This is an enormous stuffed bear. Who was also an editor. Yes. And has, his, an own, and has his own editor. Instagram He account. wants to be an editor. That's right. You can find him at Mike Bearmantrout. Uh, he's on Instagram, and he's M. Bearmantrout on Twitter. I don't know why we're shouting. The only person we ever shout out is a fictional stuffed bear. That's right. <laughs> nice. Anyway, uh, so thank you guys for, uh, for coming today. Um, we are, this is a, an unusual one because today is a Monday. Um, we're actually in the middle of uh, posting episode 207, um, and uh, we don't have any title. We don't have a title for this one, huh? You guys are still thinking. Well, even weirder, we're in the middle. We're taking a break from. Uh, yes, we are editing 207. You, uh, you and I, Peter and uh, and Gordon uh, Smith started working on that this morning. But then we're we're literally as we record this, taking a break from mixing. 203, the one we're here to the talk about. The one we're here about. to talk about. So we just did the, we're uh, about two, three miles away uh, uh, at our at our uh, post uh, sound facility. Uh, we are, uh, we, we watched the episode and we gave uh, notes on it. And then uh, now the guys are doing the notes. Larry and Kevin, our wonderful mixers, are working away on the notes we gave. And we're not going to say that. This is true multitasking. Very, because yeah, we don't usually do this. And then we'll go. We'll finish this up, and then we'll go back over there. We'll be there till about midnight or so, if if, uh, if uh, recent history holds. That's dedication. That is anyway. That is dedication. I'm very impressed with us. <laughs> Hooray for us! Yes. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm reaching. I, I, I'm patting myself on the back. When oh, when are they going to put a statue to us? <laughs> I'm holding up for a stand. Is there room on Mount Rushmore still? <laughs> anyway, but this is a fun episode, and Jonathan, yeah, you uh, you kicked in the butt, man. Your first episode uh, for Better Call Saul. Thank you very yeah. much. You're brand new this year, Jonathan. Was it intimidating? Uh, of course it was. Yeah? Yeah, of course. You want to do well. You want people to like it. This is the Breaking Bad crew. I, you, you don't have to tell me <laughs> what that. What was it like to get the phone call? When I got the gig? Yeah. No, no, when you got the... When you got when you heard they were leaving, looking at looking at you, and were interested, <clears throat> um, skies opened up, music played. I mean, it was it was it was a magnificent. Did you moment. watch the show? Of course, no. I I am one of the uh, handful of people that that watched. Um, I did not see the pilot when it was first aired. I was not one of them, but I was into the first season pretty 
pretty early on. Well, you're no slouch, man. You're coming. Yeah. You came from a pretty damn good show. Yeah, Immediately for you. us, uh, Bloodline. That's today. right. Yeah, thank you. We were able to steal you away from Bloodline. I, we're very lucky. I, thank you very much. No, it was, it, and that was a fabulous experience for me. I, I, I learned. It was my first uh, time being in a writer's room. Uh, was on Bloodline, and um, it, and I'll, I'll tell you this story. Uh, when I got that gig. Um, when I got the call from my agent, we're going over the contract for Bloodline. Uh, Joe Cohen, a fabulous agent at CA, he he said, uh, "Okay, yeah." And in paragraph uh, two, da, da, da. oh, and by the way, uh, Peter Gould and Melissa Bernstein read your script. They they really loved it. They 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 were thinking about maybe meeting me one. Better call Saul, but you can't do that. Um, and then on paragraph <laughs> three, and I was like, "Hold, wow, the really? Fuck? Uh, yeah, wow. yeah." And I was just, I was like, "Wait, Joe." Can we just talk about this for a second? But uh, it was one of these moments where I was so pleased to get onto Bloodline. And then, you know, God threw me this weird boomerang that there was this other possibility out there that, you know, I mean, look, if these guys knew the kind of Breaking Bad fan that I I am, uh, I, I, I... I don't know if they would have hired me. They definitely would have gotten a restraining order. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I mean, I, I after after I met with you guys uh, that first time, I, I I literally tap danced. Wow. I mean, it We're was. Lucky to have you. Uh, well, thank you very much. It was. And you and you great. grew up next door to. Can we say this? <laughs> yes. Yeah, sure. Who you grew up next door to? Grew up to next door to David Chase, <laughs> in North Caldwell, New Jersey. That is so cool. Uh, I know. David Chase, the creator of The Sopranos. Now, did you know him back then? No, he, he was quite a bit older than, than I was. So uh, I think my mom knew about him. Okay. Did he babysit you? Never babysat. Well, he's. I met him one time. I met Mr. Chase one time at the New York premiere party of the final season of Breaking Bad. And it was an absolute pleasure to talk to him. Of course, his work uh, needs no introduction or... or uh, I mean, everyone knows how great The Sopranos is, and there wouldn't be this show or a whole lot of other shows without The Sopranos because I think back in the day, I mean, the stories I've read about it, you know, no one really had, I mean, you think about it, I've watched a lot of TV, no one really ever thought of having a the main character of a TV show be that dark mm-hmm. and that bad, that yeah. criminal, that uh, hard to root for. Yeah. Uh, before. I mean, you think of shows like, this is going to sound like a weird uh, uh, comparison, but Dallas sort of became mm-hmm. super famous for J.R. Ewing, the bad guy, but it wasn't built around the bad guy. Right. It sort of inadvertently turned out that way. Right. But uh, but The Sopranos was built around the bad guy. And, and, you know, I don't think there'd be a Breaking Bad without that show and and maybe not The Shield and all these other mm-hmm. wonderful shows. Uh, that's it's also bad guys with vulnerability. Because I remember, yeah. like, you know, The Sopranos started out where Tony Soprano was a bad guy, but he was in therapy. And remember he was... Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was really, like, in the in the pilot, he was, like, trying to deal with, like, the ducks in his pool. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. You know, stuff like yeah. that. It was it was like a bad guy, but also with this vulnerability oh, yeah. that you got to oh, see yeah. a different side of him. Oh, great show. Sympathy for the devil kind mm-hmm. of a... Uh, yeah. Kind of a... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway... Enough about that damn show. Well, what about what about two or three? Well, wait a minute. I wanted to also talk to Tony because um, Tony Fanning, uh, you're our production designer, and you didn't you were not on Breaking Bad. So Better Call Saul was your first. I mean, la- you you were here for season one. That's right. So, but that was your first. Um, you know, uh, that I guess that was your first interaction with this 
with this crew. So was that intimidating? When you got that call, what this, was that like? This dude worked for Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't intimidated. Uh, no, I, I actually, mean, I'm just actually, getting to that. I got to introduce no, no, him. I, Everybody I, I doesn't yes, know. No, we're going to contradict you anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hadn't actually been – I wasn't a follower of Baking Bread. So <gasps> unlike Jonathan, I, I, I had to really study, which is actually – I actually think is a better way to have done it because I actually got to see the skill involved in – actually creating the show and and the direction that the show took and um got to see like all of the great stuff that was that was done over the all, all of those seasons before i actually came and met the guys and then they just kept i kept getting messages back through my, my agent saying are you sure he wants to do it are you sure he wants to do it and i was like yes i want to do it yeah <laughs> so God yeah bless you you're, you're we're so lucky to have you and you just got uh uh your your sixth nomination uh from the yes. and, and first for better call Saul from the art directors guild oh That's congratulations right. congratulations, congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. awesome yeah. congrats man yeah so no, it's a great honor oh, it's awesome. and uh unex- unexpected because it's tough competition too so who are you up against uh, if, yeah. um all i looked at was you that's all I <laughs> it's uh house of cards oh, yeah. uh true detective oh yeah um now i'm blanking on the rest of them sorry um <laughs> Well, but, you're the one we're yeah, voting for. Yeah, we don't right. get to vote, though, do we? No. 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 We're pulling, we're pulling, <laughs> we're pulling for, you. for you. We're pulling for you. So what's it like working for Spielberg? You worked on uh, uh, you worked on uh, War of the Worlds? I did War of the Worlds, wow. Amistad, and Munich, and wow. Damn, Lincoln. Damn, a little man. bit of Lincoln, yeah. Wow. And I know I've so. asked you this. You you were in Richmond, right, on Lincoln? My, uh, home, my hometown? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's because a lot of it shot in Richmond, mm-hmm. my hometown. We did shoot some of War of the Worlds there, too. I didn't know that. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, the, yeah. All the farmhouse scenes. Uh, You're kidding. Yeah. Oh, where uh, Tim, Tim Robbins is like the crazy guy. That's right. In the farmhouse. We're, right. we're, in, we're in, in Richmond, outside of uh, Richmond? It was just outside of Richmond. And we Did were there mostly because that's where the uh, military had equipment that we could use. Wow. So. What fort? Uh, like uh, the Army? Like uh, where? The where? reserves. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that was my first experience in Richmond. That's cool. Like what? Like Black Hawk helicopters or something? Uh, like mostly that? Tanks, oh, and, tanks and and, uh, ve- and vehicles and uh, military guns and stuff like that. So. Right on, man. And yeah. is that ultimately how we will fight the alien invasion it when is. it starts? It absolutely is. That's yes. fantastic news. So Richmond's the place to be. <laughs> I, I, hey, if you want guns, go to Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> Little guns, big guns. Big uh, gun Arizona, I think, could give it a run for its money for sure. <laughs> But I actually never. (laughs) I never actually finished Lincoln. We started at two different times prior to it actually getting made, and I was on it the first two versions of it. Okay. Um, And then it got uh, postponed, and then a new actor stepped in, and then they finally made it. But I was production designing by that point. So, well, of course, a friend of the show, David Costable, was Mm -hmm. was in Lincoln and Mm -hmm. did did a great job. I guess he was in all all three different versions. Oh, was it? Including the one that that finally did get made. Yes. There's yeah. a musical version. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> that's the that's the thing now, Vince. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was yeah, very weird. Ticket. Like you know Hamilton. Would, you yeah. know would have been funny as shit if you had gone to Spielberg and said, "All right, I've got some designs here, and you know, I, I'm not liking the stovepipe hat. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking his head shape would look better in a bowler. That would have fun. Just well, you know what's strange done. was in the middle of doing War of the Worlds, where towards the end of doing War of the Worlds, we just stopped for a period of 
time and we did a, a makeup and emulsion and uh, hair test on on the actor that was playing the role at the time okay. and we built his office and dressed his office on a soundstage in the corner of War of the Worlds. And it was just such a strange experience because you were doing <laughs> wow. this big sci-fi picture and then you stopped and you were suddenly doing this period picture. And <laughs> in walks this actor and he seemed like he was really Lincoln, you know? This so. actor, by the way, of course, was Mr. Pauly Shore. <laughs> <laughs> Very was, different uh, movie. <laughs> it was Liam Neeson, actually. It was like so. that. I remember reading yeah. about that. Wow, yeah. it, uh, he would have been a great one too. Yeah, he was great. He was, he was great excellent, yeah. and uh, things course, just changed. The guy they got was no was no it was uh, no slouch either. No slouch either. Yeah. So. yeah, but no, I, I'm grateful to have worked on uh, not not just his big commercial pieces, but I liked that I worked on ones that he really cared about. Yeah. Uh, he cares about all those movies. I shouldn't say it like sure. that, but they were really meant a lot to him. Like Amistad and Munich was mm -hmm. a very yeah. incredible project to be a part of because it really was close to his heart. I'll bet. So. That's got some real powerful moments. Yeah. Yeah. All, all of them do. All his movies do. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so uh, speaking I, of directors. I have one question, though. I mean, well, it's not really a question, but, well, I guess it is. Um, uh, Chris and I were actually out um, in Albuquerque last year um, we were, Chris was um, there to, um, you, what were you, there? you were there to Shadow, Shadow Vince, Vince and just on episode one. do everything on the pilot. And I was there because I wanted to, I was there because I wanted to, um, to uh, watch the prep of episode two. And so I rode around with you and uh, Michelle McLaren mm -hmm. and, you know, um, some other people on, on some of the scouts. But it was funny because I remember um, there was this really early call um, Vince, you wanted to walk a brand new set, and it was Chuck's oh, yeah. house oh, that yeah, you guys had yeah. first seen. And Chris and I were there, and we watched, you know, you guys deal with all of that. And what was interesting was, Tony, I just remember watching you a lot because I think this was probably one of the biggest set pieces that was brand new mm -hmm. for you. And this was Vince coming in and, you know, seeing and. And I just want to know, I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but I just want to know what it was like, you know, because you know, you're on a new crew and now you're finding out that basically you've got a character and you have a whole big set where there's going to be no electricity like at all, Right. you know, which means that even when you show that you can't hardly even, I remember noticing this because I remember listening to Vince because you guys were talking about lights in the ceiling that were not going to have lights and you were needed to see wires or something that wasn't there, but yet you weren't going to have a really hard time lighting that to actually see that. The yes. absence of electricity. Yeah, the, the absence, absence of, of electricity. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just yeah. wanted to bring that up because I thought that was pretty interesting and yeah. not a problem that I had to deal with. Yeah, it actually <laughs> was a big challenge, and I think mm. it kind of stumped us a couple of times. That's and true. We did some tests along the way that uh, trying different um, – ways of showing it at one point we had we were pulling wires through the walls and through the wallpaper so that you could clearly see how he may have pulled them out and yeah. then we thought that was a little too much and yeah. then we pulled back and we just had wires coming out of some of the fixtures but then we thought that might be too subtle if yeah. you didn't see so so we added it was a you know a given a take and we uh kind of had to test our way through that so what really helped was you're right. It was. A, I remember a lot of discussions. All of us, all hands on deck. A lot of discussions. What really helped was, and I can't remember whose idea it was, it was but it was probably yours. Um, 
us thinking through in the pilot what we would see when we introduced this house and what order we would see it and realizing we would start in what we call the mudroom. The mudroom is the back door. It's the door that there's only two doors we've seen so far in the house. There's the front door and the mudroom door, which is kind of the side slash back door. And that's the one we use most of the time. And we figured, you know, if Jimmy comes in there, if that's how he enters in that first episode, that pilot episode, can we have the junction box in there? Which I think was your idea, great idea. Mm -hmm. And then if we're on this junction box and all the um, uh, circuit breakers are pulled out and there's just this big, uh, thick uh, 240-volt wire or whatever it is, whatever comes into a, the main the main line into a house is just kind of sticking out with the copper ends mm -hmm. uh, not attached to anything. Seeing that, that's that right there tells you something is up with this house. And yeah. then and then you don't have to worry quite as much. But then in the kitchen, getting rid of the uh, refrigerator, getting rid of the uh, electric stove, all this, or uh, the stove's still there, right? It's gas. Uh, it's gas now because no, we they... took the stove out. We kept that's the stove. Right. That's just right. the, just the stove top. The stove top. Yeah. Stove yeah. top. Yeah. We took the electric out. That's right. That's and right. It's, it's it's interesting because the 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 house is really a, such a reflection of Chuck mm -hmm. and Chuck's character, and so much every piece of it told a story. And I, one of the things that you referred to before, Tony, was our original thought was that Chuck had been so frantic when he first came down with his ailment that he was literally pulling all the wires out of the walls. Yeah. And I remember even, that was even scripted. Yeah. That, that uh, and it, it, you know, it's calibrating how far gone he was or how, how, how crazy this yeah. guy really is. And, and, and also how I'm, it, was, it was very tricky. And I think that was one of the things and, and we hadn't seen Michael McKeon. When you were doing that house, we hadn't seen Michael McKeon um, perform as this character. Yeah. We, didn't, we didn't see how imposing he right. was. But one of the things I love about the set is it has all the sense of history yeah. and also aspiration. That, that this, 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 this guy, he may have grown up in Cicero, uh, but he has this aspiration to kind of a an English East Coast gentility yes. with the wood yeah. paneling and, yeah. the, and the and the and the and the bookcases and that mm -hmm. wonderful fireplace. Right. It's just it's every detail, and we've probably spent more time in that set than any other set on the right. show by far. I think you're right. And one of the things I find is I find keep finding new, not so much new angles on it, but new dimensions to it because it is. It's all about. Yeah. It's all about Chuck's and Chuck's history, and uh, you know, so, which is something that not to not to not to give anything away, but something we learn more about this season. Yes, yeah, no, and it's also too about we went far enough to know that we had gone too far with him, and there was a sense of him being off the deep end and crazy. So yeah. we had to kind of pull mm. back at a certain point. That's but true too. It's also one of those sets that's all about reflection because of how dark it is and the fact that there's no light in there. So yeah. you have to provide um, Arthur with something that you're, you can see something um, it, with it being so dark and so little light. So I actually find it really a beautiful set because of that, because yeah. it has this really kind of deep, rich tone to the whole thing. Yeah. But everything has a, sh a sheen to it. And we made certain choices like the wallpaper in the living room. Even though he's pulled the wires out of the wall, we actually chose a metallic, a copper metallic wallpaper that, you know, is the one thing he didn't get to. And, yeah. and But it works with the light in oh, such yeah. a way that 
it's just a small secret. I, I always like that it's there and it means something. That's so. great. And, and I mean, when you guys were like designing, that, I mean, this is your design and then you presented it to these guys. I mean, this was, mm -hmm. did you sort of sketch? I know you like to sketch, so did you sort of sketch what you thought? I do, but I don't Tony? remember sketching. This was all, uh, this was all, because uh, I mean, it, it, also, it, yeah. all, it all began with, with, uh, find, we had to find a location for the exterior. Yeah, because that's part of it too. Because obviously that had to, right. that had oh, to okay. match. The inside had to have it does. It, I think it's. I don't think it's giving anything away to say the inside does not match. Uh, that not that actual house right. on location no, no. looks nothing like Chuck's house. <laughs> on nor the nor inside. did Walter White's house match inside and out either, no. for that matter. Well, there were some, yeah, there were some really fun discrepancies on Breaking. This this is more subtle. Yeah. On Breaking Bad, you know, you had a house which was on a concrete pad. That magically on the show had a had a, had <laughs> a, had a, crawl, a, space. Had a crawl space. Well, it had a damn chimney <laughs> yeah. in the backyard uh, facing the pool that uh, we see in close up Walter White hide next to, and then yeah, where the kitchen's supposed yeah. to be. There's no there's no chimney in the kitchen. Yeah. It, 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 I think I think it, it, you know because we, we try to be so detail oriented, but I think that helped me to understand how much you can get away with. Uh, yeah, that's true. It's, and it's it, because it, we do try to keep, the, especially the physical world mm -hmm. of the show, so uh, consistent and so real. But every once in a while, it's, it's okay to take a little artistic license. I was know. just um, thinking about the fact that when you're presented with a character that d can't have electricity, and you've got this these rooms that basically you can't have um, light in, then that I'm sure. Probably um, you thought, well, I've got to have a lot of outside lights. So you put a lot of windows and the double the double French doors in there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. So you could have more light coming through, yeah. especially in, I mean, we have like a lot of scenes. Well, some scenes I definitely remember last year where it's in the morning and we've got a lot mm -hmm. of, you know, bright light coming mm -hmm. through there. And you've got in between the dark wood beams, you've got a white ceiling and that kicks some light around mm -hmm. a little bit and stuff like that. But we were also finding out who the character was uh, as we were doing it, as we were looking for the location, we were deciding what his history was, whether he was married, what his education was, all those things were coming in as we were doing it. And it wasn't an easy location to find because yeah. what happened with Breaking Bad was it was so successful and the yeah. house became so well known yeah. that when we were approaching people about doing the do, doing Better Call Saul, <laughs> people were like, "No, I don't want my house to become yeah. like a you know on Poor the tour." Friend. Yeah. Right. And, uh, <laughs> Poor but friend. Yeah. The, the couple that let us use their place, it was actually one of the first places we looked at yeah. it, and then did a lot of other searching and came back to it because yeah. it had a very interesting quality to it. It wasn't uh, um, it was in a style that felt we felt really reflected him and once we let it overgrow on the outside of it which these poor folks have to every time we go to that house they can't cut their grass or trim their trees or do anything because right. we we want it to look like chuck doesn't take care of right. or can't take care of right. it on the outside right. so uh, but they're nice enough to keep working with us and they are on the tour um <laughs> but they're you know, really great about it. They're so. very, very sweet folks. Yeah, and and uh, stones throw from Jesse's house. That's Actually, right. Walking yeah. distance yeah. to Jesse's yeah. house. Let's not nail it down too much. <laughs> for, for their sake. But they're very sweet folks, and I think uh, they're. Uh, I think the, the wife, uh, uh, her father, built the place in built like the 1940. House. And the day so. she came home from the hospital was the first day they were living in Isn't the that house. Something? She's never lived anywhere else. They're very, very nice folks. Yeah. 
very good folks. Yeah, wow. it's a great house that you that you and uh, working with uh, Christian uh, De Bedoya and his uh, wonderful crew found. And uh, in this episode, uh, we could jump ahead a little to uh, Davis and Maine talk about how with that amazing mm-hmm. set slash location that that's an mm-hmm. amazing thing. This this is uh, this is a set in my mind in this season season two to rival the amazing set you gave us for Chuck's house, the Davis and Main bullpen, which is a set. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's office, uh, Cliff Main's office, and the bullpen in between the two offices is this amazing stage set that you designed and, and our uh, amazing uh, 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 construction coordinator and his crew built. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the lobby is a location. You yes. want to talk about that? Yeah. Well, we knew we uh, were going to be in Santa Fe, so we wanted to reflect you know, uh, the style that really sold Santa Fe right off the bat. So we were in going for a Pueblo revival after a number of other, other things that we looked at. And it's actually harder to find that in Albuquerque than you think. Mm-hmm. And in with ones that are laid out in such a way that they feel like a lobby because the style of the architecture is a much smaller interiors. So what we finally decided on was the um, an archive library in Albuquerque that had recently been restored. Uh, but it was actually built in the 30s Mm. Um, and it has large wood beams and columns on the interior of it so it's actually a a functioning library and we went in and uh, covered up um, the bookcase behind the front desk and pulled out all all the computers and stuff like that and dressed it to be the lobby of um, the interior and exterior of the lobby there's that enormous piece of art behind behind the reception mural you guys art there is fantastic yeah Yeah. the mural the mural is um, actually uh, a real um, uh, graffiti piece that was painted on the side of a bodega in uh, Santa Fe that I found when I was researching because I wanted to do something with some kind of street art. And I found it's actually done by two street artists, Mm -hmm. uh, one from Los Angeles and one from Santa Fe. Mm -hmm. And they uh, agreed to let us uh, use the images and also change the coloring of it because it wasn't it was bright red in the original and we we actually toned it to be our Dave, Davis and Maine colors right. so what did you do did you go and just take a photograph of it and redo it like that actually the artist sent us high-res photos of it oh nice and we uh, we manipulated it and then we the idea was that it was on the we instead of it being on the side of a building we did it as if it was on the side of a train car an old wow. wood train car They're and uh, it Damn. was it was great i got rid of the red because red on our show better call saul we in our minds philosophically it indicates criminality mm-hmm. right it's a criminal color so. and our color scheme for this was going to be a green and a yellow and right. a, i think there's a teal in there as well right. So um, that color scheme, and also our clearance person had to, because the image of the, it's actually a woman's face who is the, one of the artist's grandmother. We had to go and get a signed off permission from her, but she lives on a Pueblo with no electricity. You know, and we had wow. to send somebody out there to actually get get her to sign off on wow. the, um, for using her image. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Something in the background of an episode of TV. Wow. Yeah. One of the so. things that's, that's so wonderful about that set and that location is that we set you the task of having a second law firm 
on the mm -hmm. show because we've spent so much time establishing HHM mm -hmm. and and that whole world and that that modern I don't know why that that the coolness the ham lindigoness yes, of exactly. HHM and now here's the, here's another law firm mm -hmm. and it's it's it feels warm and maybe a little bit smaller scale more and mm -hmm. it's just it's it's such a wonderful contrast and it makes you think at least when I watch it that. Uh, Jimmy, this might work for Jimmy. Yeah. You know, that's it just even when yeah. you walk in and you see you see the wood mm -hmm. and you see that this is this is this is the people the people mm -hmm. uh, seem more accepting and the yeah. rough hewn beams. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and it's more Adobe, inviting, uh, yeah. Yeah. warm, and also uh, in a way a bit hipper and yeah. a bit yeah. cooler in a way, older think, and yet newer. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I one of the key things we wanted to do, I think all of us wanted to do, was show how art driven. New Mexico and Santa Fe specifically mm -hmm. yeah. uh, is so we really went gang gung, gangbusters <laughs> for all the artists sure. that we could get our hands on mm -hmm. there so which really shows yeah. I think and uh, for me one of the the pieces that just stands out uh, the most in, uh, is is that piece in in Jimmy's office yes of the and can you tell us about that the one with the uh, the, the character kind of doing a backflip yes that's a young actually another young graffiti artist from uh, Santa Fe uh, who I just happened to look be looking up his work and I saw this the piece online and I showed it to you guys just with a group of other things and you got hooked on it but there was originally another painting that we yeah. were kind of taken with that had a similar backflip to it of a swimmer and we were going to pair them together um, but actually the piece was really painted I believe in Africa on a wall in Africa and it was like <laughs> like 15 feet tall yeah. but this was going to be on an office so the idea was that we were taking a small section having removed it from a wall and frame it and put it on the wall but the young uh, guy who uh, was the artist was so excited about doing it. He like immediately jumped on and said, I'll reproduce it any size you want. And so we made the piece of wall and he spent quite a long time perfecting it and getting it um, to <laughs> where we wanted it to be. And it's really a beautiful I piece. It's a beautiful piece. I um, love it. So it's wonderful. It's really talented it, kid. It says, it just says so much. Yeah. There's some yeah. other nice stuff. There's a nice painting of a box car. And yeah, then, mm -hmm. the trains are all over the, and the then, office. That's know, one artist I love that, that. Yeah. that I really, I wanted one of those in my house. I actually mm -hmm. made inquiries. Um, but it was just a little too rich for my blood. <laughs> well, you get what you pay for, and that's yeah. wonderful stuff. This is, but, this is, this but, is like an yeah, ad was, for going to New Mexico to buy to, for all the wonderful yeah, art in New Mexico. It's really cool, though. And, and then there's uh, another one of uh, Roy's, that, that, that old neon sign. That's the same sign. artist. Yeah, same, same artist. artist. Same artist. I, I have a painting of that exact same sign in my house. Holly, my girlfriend, and I have a painting. Uh, different artist, but that is a an old sign. It's an old motel in the little town of Amboy, California, and the whole town was for sale about ten or fifteen years ago for a couple of million bucks. It's some little little town in the middle of nowhere in uh, California. Neat, neat, uh, interesting, very wanna, cinematic looking place. I want to make it clear though that the artist that did the painting that we feature on Jimmy's wall. The backflip guy. That's mm -hmm. not the same artist as the boxcars guy. No, you get no, all kinds not, of different yeah. artists yeah. on yeah. display. Um, yeah. And those the boxcars actually look like hyper real in terms of their yeah. photorealism, but they're they are paintings. They're yeah, not yeah. photos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and they're quite beautiful when you see them up close. Oh, yeah. We actually, I think, reduce the scale of them slightly because gotcha. they are so big. So those are not originals on the no. wall. 
And that's they're not originals. Ooh, maybe I can original. get one of those. No, I'm just kidding. Well, that's part and partly because you know a lot of you got a lot of heavy dollies moving around and stuff. You could yeah, whack I'm, into I'm a canvas always, and destroy it real easy. I know it's it's not not uh, everyone's choice to reproduce art, but I would much rather not. Uh, I would hate for something to happen to yeah. the original. Mm-hmm. That'd be a real uh, shame. So, and I hope I hope we've taken care of the original that they did for us, but. Uh, the young artist did for us, but the rest of them are reprints solely f- just to protect the original. Protect the original. Makes yeah. sense. Talk about your uh, amazing uh, construction coordinator, who's uh, I'm drawing a blank on on his name. Who Anthony built Anthony Syracuse? Anthony. I'm sorry, yes. Anthony. I apologize. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, that's what comes of me being uh, 800 miles away for most of the year. Uh, Anthony and his crew did such uh, an astounding job putting your imagination, your your vision into bringing it to fruition and building this bullpen and these sets and they it went up quick too i mean it's just yeah, it's really mm-hmm. fast yeah. i mean they're a touch top-notch crew and yeah. we were very lucky to to get them at, right at the right time they were coming available and um they couldn't have been better i mean and such attention to detail yeah. i mean when you look at the sets there's nothing that set is so beautiful because mm-hmm. every surface of it is it seems yeah. so real and yeah. so believable and the color of it they just got everything spot on from what we really wanted beautiful so stuff i really love the great. windows the I'm, i don't know if i'm using my terminology right but the casements of the windows mm-hmm. with those nice router details yeah. and, and jimmy's office and right whatnot. and all those stencil details all of that's yeah. taken mm-hmm. from the original from the library itself gotcha. and we duplicated it and uh enhanced it so well i think, done. I think yeah. we always talked about in the room how important it was that davis and maine be a really nice place to work mm-hmm. so that it wasn't Jimmy walking into a, a facsimile of HHM and yeah. rejecting it in some way yeah. or, or someplace that was oppressive it was it, it, the choice the choices that Jimmy makes are his own yeah in that context and 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 damn if it isn't a nice place to work we mm-hmm. yeah it, it makes me want to move to Santa Fe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you well, could practically smell the pinion smoke why, are, <laughs> why don't our offices stuff? look like that yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Tony Fanning isn't here designing that's that. Right. Yeah, that's so true. You gotta redo our offices, Tony. Oh, that's right, right, Tony. That's the next task. <laughs> We're not letting you leave until it's done. That's right. So, okay. uh, talk about directors. Well, talk about okay. this. We gotta talk about Scott Winant. Yes. Gotta get his name in oh, here. I was so long. excited. I was so excited to get Scott Winant into this season because I thought he did such a spectacular job on his episodes of Breaking Bad, oh, and man, especially yeah. the one I always think of is is the uh, the crawl the, crawl it's crawl space right, yeah, oh, yeah. which crawl which space. ends with which ends with course with that that incredible pullback from Walt laughing in the crawl space, right. and 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 I always admire. I never got to work with him as a writer, but I was so excited uh, that we that we that we actually when I was directing, I remember I asked around in post because I was looking at dailies. Uh, da- dailies of different directors, and I uh, and, and one of the one sets of dailies I, wa- I watched specifically was Scott's because he uses the, uh, the he used the two cameras so well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were going to say you asked me. I thought you. Were I think I say, asked you. You did. I did ask <laughs> you. You said who should I watch, and I said, I said Scott. That's right. It. That's right. It was you. It was. <laughs> well, you. I, t- I, I thought you were waving your arm at Chris. I didn't know. That's no, a, yeah, I'm that's saying, absolutely true. I'm you asked me. I and did I ask said you. That's right. Unequivocally, Scott Winant. Watch and Scott. Kelly, you worked with Scott uh, oh, many God. years ago. I that, that was his other backstory. I was a production. That's going to really date me now. I was a production assistant on a show. I'll say that. And Scott was a supervising producer on that show. He I was, love Lucy. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> it. I really don't look that old. Yeah, he was really instrumental in me getting into the union and everything. So it was mm. weird when we came down to Breaking Bad and all of a sudden Scott Weiner was going to be doing, uh, it was episode 402, no, no, 204, Green green Light, I believe, 204. Was that his first one? Green, yeah. th- 304? I can't remember. It was number four. No, it was, it was, it was, it was a whole 304. It would have been 304 because that was Sam okay. Catlin. Yeah, it was green yeah, okay. light. And, and I was like, wow, this is great. And it was so much pressure because, you know, here's a guy who, you know, who could help me get my start. And I was going to be cutting for him, and it weren't great. It was, And so this one came along. I didn't do crawl space, um, but this one came along, and, and I got to work with him again. It was, again, a really great experience. He's a great guy. Interesting segue um, sort of to the start of the episode because – in Breaking Bad, I remember we had one issue that we never really figured out quite how to solve, um, and it was when we introduced Lydia as being in Houston. And I remember Vince, you know, we were trying to figure out like how to like put in some stock footage or something like that. Yeah, we definitely didn't want to put in like a, a title. And yeah, we, we needed not, to yeah. sell the fact that yeah. Jesse had driven across state lines and. And that Lydia and 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 Mike had actually driven to Houston yeah. to kill Lydia, you know. Yeah. And um and so here we've got the same a, a very similar problem where we need to sell the fact that Jimmy has gone to Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so he's actually in Amarillo, Texas, mm-hmm. getting um, more clients for the suit. So you guys found another way. I'm assuming that you guys dealt with this in the writers' room first, and then Tony. Like I said, this is a multi-way segue because then, Tony, you had to go and get this big mural painted on the wall that re- clearly sells yeah. Texas. Well, it was really actually Tony, I think, in many ways, who really clarified it because we had slogans on the mural, don't mess with Texas. We had, uh, I, I, I think I wrote into the script a whole uh, old Western kind of thing with long, long horn steers and uh, Tom Mix things I, you know whatever it was that that we came up with was all sort of a writer's idea of how to put you know words and images in a sense onto onto a wall to right. sell the notion of texas and uh and and tony just showed us the texas flag, flag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and it writ very large and um and a cowboy boot i think or something or maybe not. Well, the, um, I think there is on one side, um, yes. yes. Yeah. On one, yeah. Well, on one yeah, side yeah, is yeah. a big map right. of Texas. Right. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. No, the that's other what side is, is yeah. We, we yeah. did get the don't mess with Texas, but the whole, uh, that's just in one shot. But the, the main thing is really that Texas flag. And, and a lot of it, the way that uh, Scott shot it so nicely is you really don't know where you, where you are uh, in, a, in a good way. Um, uh, as always with this show, when you don't know where you are, you, you do nevertheless feel like you're in good hands, so you'll you'll stick with it. And then you see, you know, a uh, guy in a in a cowboy, cowboy hat, and, and you don't know. I mean, there, there's there's no uh, yeah. uh, antecedent to, to to ever seeing you know Jimmy or any of our characters dressed up in cow cowboy gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't know who that <laughs> is particularly. You know, it could be the man with no name. You don't know. Yeah. And and. Uh, and then, and then it's, it's revealed it's Jimmy, and it's it's a, it's it's just, and also we have the song there. The, yeah, that uh, oh was yeah. after. Walton. That yeah. was after because right. I remember like getting the the footage, and I'm like, God, if I could really like have something that might sell this, 
We had another song that I liked, but then Vince, you wanted Ernest Tubb in there. You were like, I really can't, want to get Ernest Tubb in there. Can't get show. enough Ernest Tubb. <laughs> Junior Brown turned me on to Ernest Tubb. <laughs> Junior Brown has a song, uh, My Baby Don't Listen to no, uh, Don't Dance to Nobody But Ernest Tubb. I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm quoting it right. Ernest Tubb's great. So that's uh, the Texas Waltz, I think, or something like Waltz, that. Waltz, Waltz across, across Texas. Texas. Yeah. And, and so that really helped us sell it as well, yeah. you know, that it was the, Texas. The paint crew on our show is astounding because yeah. the, your, your paint crew, they are so good. They do so much. So first of all, they paint this. They paint the side of this building and, and make it into this wonderful mural, and then they age it down. Mm-hmm. And they do such good work. And this mural, by the way, is still there. The, the building owners... Uh, by all accounts, loved it so much they didn't want you to. Right, we, they we decided always, to keep it. We decided know. to keep it. Mm-hmm. God bless them. And I've <laughs> driven by it a bunch of times since. Uh, it's sort of in the far kind of the, the southeast edge of uh, Knob Hill, uh, just a block, uh, just a block, uh, block off from uh, Central Avenue. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's a great job. I mean, seeing yeah. it in person or on TV, it looks great. How yeah, long does it take it. to? Paint how, how long did they have? It they took have? them about five days Damn, to wow. do it because it's done in in layers that have to dry and and, and chip right. and fall. Yeah. So then they age it all down and really it just right up to the last minute. But it's one of those processes that takes a while to do, and the longer you have to do it, the better it will come they out. Are, they are artists. They were an incredible crew, and uh, we'll, we'll, we couldn't have done it done we'll, it without we'll them. Yeah. Um, but I had forgotten we had gone through all those other murals, because it yeah. seemed like this was mm-hmm. really the right choice sure. in the end, and then Peter had the idea that it was more like a patent. Remember you right. had that Im- you had that great <laughs> yeah. image, oh. and that's when it got really big on oh, the building because yeah. it was originally. Oh, right. yeah. That's right. I guess yeah. it was a little smaller. And then, yeah. well, you had you found that great you and Christian found that great building to make it as big as, as it could possibly be. Right. right. That right. was kind of where the imagery. The, the that's right though. The imagery that the opening shot of the movie Patton. With the, when he walks, uh, when Drusy Scott flag, yeah, yeah. comes up the stairs in front of the American flag. Because everything is a movie reference, because I haven't lived any any real life. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, isn't the, uh, that apparently, I want to say, uh, when you're down at the, uh, near the Staples Center, across the, uh, the 10 freeway in Los Angeles, across the 10, way, 10 freeway from the Staples Center is the old, uh, Something. Bob patriotic Hall. Patriot Bob Hope's Patriotic Hall. I believe that's where they shot that in Patton. There was a giant flag in there. And there's also that's also where uh, the, the big dance uh, audition in Flashdance is staged. Really? Yes. Same building? Yes. And and uh, so. How did you know that? <laughs> because I shot there when I was a student. Oh, okay. is that true? And, I, and, and it was a wonderful location. And I I don't think I'm making this up. Uh, there was some minor kind of a kerfuffle. That's a good word. Yeah, uh, related to that flag was like is gone now. And like and like people are saying, where'd the flag go? And no one seems to know. And Ooh. this is a flag Ooh. the size of a two billboards or something <laughs> like that. No, I'm not sure where the flag. I'm sure somebody knows. I'm not sure where the flag wound up though. So in the writers' room, can you guys t- kind of talk about how you you know what you what you guys were thinking as far as this teaser how how you were going to have Jimmy obviously be in Texas and be soliciting these old people, but you know this spiel that he's got going you know howdy folks and paying off the driver and that kind of thing yeah that's fun well um i think a lot of it has to do with what came before in in 202 um you know he's basically under a fair bit of pressure from both chuck who says i'm going to bear witness 
uh, and Kim, who says, I don't want to hear about your squat car cobbler incidents anymore, yeah. uh, if that's a category. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so the next time we see him, well, perhaps we'd expect him to be somewhat chastised or, or, or you know, muzzled in some way, but he's not at all. Um, and I think that, that it was, uh, he, he believed um, that he could uh, juggle and tap dance his way around these issues. Sure, I'm not gonna tell Kim, because she, she specifically said, I don't wanna hear about it. So he doesn't tell her about it. And uh, with Chuck, you know, he's, he's always in, in uh, opposition with Chuck. So uh, doing, doing this his way was um, his go-to and uh, you know, the story is that only one woman, Alma May, played brilliantly by uh, Carolyn Wickwire, Alma May Urbano. She, she's the only one to respond to, to the, the mailer that was sent out by Davis and Maine. So one client ain't gonna do it. And perhaps a more conventional uh, lawyer would just sort of call it a day, but Jimmy gets on a plane, he goes over there and he buys himself this suit <laughs> and uh, these new shit kickers and uh, Tom Mix had and uh, he, he hijacks the bus, uh, uh, <laughs> which which I believe was was uh, was Vince's idea that that he pays off the bus driver to to pretend that the the bus broke down. It was a great fun fun scene to write because you get to step into Jimmy's mouth. Are Nana and Bobo your who's who calls their grandparents? <laughs> Nana and Bobo was is not what I call my grandparents, but. Funnily enough, Tom Schnauz, our, our, our executive producer, um, he was working with me in the, the beginning stages of this, and he and I actually had a bet that you guys would never let Nana and Bobo <laughs> into the episode. <laughs> and, and, uh, and much to his credit, I, could, I said to him, I was like, can we, can we just... Let's give it a shot. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, but they'll, wait, they'll so it, it was your idea for Nana and Bobo? Yeah, oh, idea. nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I don't call anybody Bobo. So you won. <laughs> yeah. I won the bet, yes. And I, 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 I rubbed it in his face a little bit. Wait, so you, you beat Tom Schnauz. You, you <coughs> won the I, I bet did, yes, from yes. Tom Schnauz. I, I beat Tom Schnauz. I, I, now he has to squat in, on, on a mirror. <laughs> and I realized, house, yes, and he, I, rubbing it in his face is something that he enjoys. Is that really winning? Like, is that. <laughs> What's that? What? I said, is that really winning if the prize is that Tom Schnauz comes and squats on a mirror in your house? <laughs> I do think Jimmy really sold, sold it, though. Bob really sold the, well, the also, Nana and Bobo. Yes, he does. It worked for me because yeah. I didn't. I thought the whole thing was a lie. I don't think sure. he really called his grandparents that. Right. And I, I, that's that's something I like about starting in the teaser and throughout this episode. Jimmy's like, he's really dancing with Slip and Jimmy. Yeah. Like you're saying, yeah. doing it his own way, which is the wrong way. Right. He just defaults to that. And, and that's what's so great, again, about that set and about the entire environment of Davis and Maine is that on paper, like we discussed before, on paper, this is a good thing. Right. This is a great place. But he just can't stop being himself. Yeah. He can't right. get out of his own way. Yeah. Right. And, and, and he keeps doing it throughout this episode. Yeah. yeah. And he's got he's got justification for it that that makes sense certainly to the layman it makes sense he's sure got, he got twenty four people who didn't know they were getting ripped off mm -hmm. he's got he's given them representation and he's going to defend it's a win win uh, yeah yeah and, and and even you know in the next scene in the conference scene when uh, Chuck is is laying into him about how many clients he had and how it how it doesn't make sense uh, he must have solicited um, you know Jimmy's 
response is, well, you're welcome. I get, you know, right. I mean, he really does not feel like he committed. I mean, he's not going to go out and tell them I, I bribed a bus driver to oh, yeah, yeah. break down and stuff. But he does feel like in the end it was a it was a good thing. There seems to be a whole other side of this, so I would think. And I, the lawyers, uh, if there are any actual attorneys listening to this, they'll they'll be like rolling their <laughs> eyes saying, well, he's so completely right. uh, breaking the law here. Right. I mean, uh, although I will say the finer points – he goes way past the finer points of solicitation yeah. by by pretending to be someone he's not. Well, he, not to be fair, he, he gives his real name, but bribing a bus driver, yeah. all that kind of stuff. That's that's got to be breaking some larger yeah, he macro does say laws. He's a lawyer. It's, he it's, does, but well, I mean, it's, 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 but the finer points of solicitation, I will admit, elude me. I mean, you can send, you can put a billboard. This is in real life, and I'm mm -hmm. probably I apologize to any real attorneys uh, for what I'm about to get wrong, no doubt. But you can, in real life, you can put a billboard up advertising yourself as a, as a law firm or as an attorney. You can send direct mailers, uh, as, as Jimmy is clearly doing. Uh, we, we hear this in the episode. You can send direct mailers, but you can't go and directly solicit clients. They're, they're, the laws are really kind of kind of arcane and kind of uh, obtuse, at least for my... This is why I'm not it's, a lawyer, because really, I don't understand the finer points it, of this. It's really not the law, as I understand. The only thing I understand about this is really what the Bar Association... Right. Oh, what the Bar thing. Association says is ethical. And what I, th what I find endearing about Jimmy... Uh, because he does, he does violate... He does violate all these ethical guidelines, but they're all... Everything he's doing as Jonathan says, is for the good of the clients. Yeah, so, but is it really? I mean, well, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Well, are these even? Well, that's a, great, that's a great yeah. log line. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, maybe, that's, maybe that's what the show is really about. But, yeah, you know, maybe, in, yeah. in truth, yeah. in truth this, is, this is a guy who does have his clients, uh, have his clients' best interests uh, near his heart, if not at heart. And that's something I still like about him. And I wonder how long that's going to last. Yeah, but Chuck, see Chuck, everyone hates Chuck. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not saying I do, but I, I think the audience, most of the people listening to this, are like, "Yeah, Chuck's an asshole." Because you're going to say that. Sorry, uh, sorry, Michael. It's not not personal to Michael McKeon, uh, not him at all. But uh, the character, a lot of people, understandably, are not giant fans of Chuck. Because I mean, look what he did to Jimmy last season. But I mean, Chuck in this scene in uh, early uh, early uh, Act One here in this episode, he's. Mm -hmm. He's not wrong. Yeah. He's saying this this would seem to smack of uh, solicitation. Of course, he doesn't know the half of it. I mean, if he knew about the cowboy hat and the and the boots and the you know <laughs> and, and uh, bribing the guy to have mm -hmm. the bus break down, and I think it'd be all over at that mm -hmm. point. But I mean, he's not wrong here because if Jimmy does open them up to a charge of solicitation, it's going to be uh, you know fodder for. Uh, um, uh, what the hell's the other law firm name? Uh, Schweiker Coakley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. absolutely. Yeah. It, it's fascinating to me because in that scene, uh, in that boardroom scene, he's with the two people who he really cares about the most. He's with. I mean, I think he's got his relationship with Chuck is so tangled up, and, and is, is so uh, is so confused. But I, I think in the end, he really does care 
about Chuck. I don't oh, think sure. that's giving that's anything away. Yeah. And 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 Kim, of course, and, and we have this wonderful callback to the previous episode where he expects Kim to give him a little footsie right. on, underneath the table. And and then, such a and, bummer. And she's <laughs> and you know what? And she's got his num she's got his number maybe a little bit this yeah. time. Yeah. And what's and what's so funny is when he does defend himself against the charge of solicitation, he convinces everybody in the room mm -hmm. except for the two people who know him best. Yeah. And and that's that's, that's really uh, he, he can't he can't avoid that he can't yeah. can't juggle that one. Um, let's jump ahead to Mike and Stacy because Mike uh, is visiting with Kaylee mm -hmm. and Stacy's making dinner and Stacy's clearly on edge and it was always um you know like when Chris and I were working on the episode and Chris was still here assisting a couple of months ago we were talking and we're like is Stacy trying to put one over on Mike with this whole gunshot thing. Or is this something that she really believes? That's an excellent question, Kelly Dixon. And I don't know if you want to answer it. But, but first, but first, does it, uh, I wonder if anyone thought that that uh, toy, toy to looked familiar. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I wonder if anyone thought that toy looked familiar, that uh, pink pig uh, that, uh, that he bought for his uh, uh, bought for his. Uh, I love how you guys bring those things back, though, too. Was that like a discussion when you guys started? When did we come up with that? I, I can't remember. Uh, Let's I define no idea, it. Actually. <laughs> define it first in case everybody. Okay, yeah. so the pig. Yeah. You tell him. Uh, well, the pig, uh, that's the pig that uh, clearly uh, uh, his granddaughter, played by a different actress, an older actress on, on Breaking Bad, had uh, as amongst her toys. And he borrowed it, shall we say, and used it. And I can't, for the life of me, remember what the episode number was or the title. Cause me I, neither. And it was mine. It was one that no. Michelle McLaren did. But oh, yeah, no, it was 502. That's when he... That's 502. Oh, wow, Jonathan, you guys are good. You. <laughs> you guys are wow. good. Uh, <laughs> good job. Uh, and Jen, uh, the, the, uh, the, the brilliant Jen Carroll has just uh, uh, given me the high sign. 502. Yeah, that's what it oh, was. Okay, cool. Um, Anyway, it was the, the pig. He uses the pig as a distraction. He puts it on some fish line or dental floss or something in, in front of the peephole in uh, the guy's house, uh, Chow, Chow's house, Chow, yeah. and uh, uses it to distract the hired killer so he can get in the back door. And then he, and Chow is sitting there dead on the, uh, on the sofa, and then he kills, he kills his former colleague. Uh, it uses the pig. Yeah, go, oh, man. Good for you. Yeah. And, I told you uh, should have gotten a restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> good for you, man. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, so uh, so it, it, we're always looking for those kind of moments, big and little. Uh, sometimes the little ones are the most fun, but it's like what tiny little callback can we do to Breaking Bad? So and this was one of them. And that pig is, decide, that yeah, pig is available for sale on Amazon <laughs> as we speak, yeah. and we get, nothing, we get nothing from it. And and uh, didn't uh, wasn't it hard for uh, was it hard for uh, Mark Hansen, our brilliant prop master, and his crew, his able crew? Was it hard for them to find that? I can't remember. It might have been was hard. it on Amazon though? I, I believe mean, I I remember when it appeared on Breaking Bad oh, that they, it, it the was selling book. really well on Amazon, <laughs> and there were some very funny comments in the reviews. And people, you know, as people pointed out, you can use it to distract right. a hired killer so you can get a drop on I wonder what the am there. There may be some, there may be some similar reviews uh, later this season. Right. Yeah, uh, better call Saul. Who knows? But uh, back to your question, which is a good one. I mean, uh, I don't know. What do you think? What do you, do you think, Stacy, uh, Mike's daughter-in-law, is is playing some kind of scam on him? I thought she was kind of running a game trying to get out of yeah. that neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, not in a in a horrible way, but you know, Isn't she's, she's trying to manipulate him last season as well. You know, oh, when? oh, by when? the way, Six you know, bucks. yeah, I need some money. Should I spend this? You know, I don't know if it's enough. That kind of thing. Well, mm. you okay. know, and she knows that he is easy. I mean, you know, he he is kind of swayed, and he wants to stay in good with his granddaughter. And I th- you know, I think the thing is that regardless of whether she's playing him or whether she truly believes this, it's still coming from the same place, which is that she's kind of damaged goods. She went through the death, the murder of her husband. She's living now in this strange city with her with her daughter. And so if she is playing him, it's still coming out of that same place. Um, and I think that's kind of what we came to in terms of, well, you know, technically we don't know whether that's P- PTSD or what, but, but um, these are two characters, Mike included, who are both damaged from the same incident, and uh, and and in some ways, do, trying trying to do whatever they can to uh, to make it better. And uh, so, I mean, not to skip ahead, but but you know, when when Mike goes to the house uh, later, and when she claims to have uh, heard know, it at two yeah, thirteen in the and morning, proof a bullet hole in the. Uh, Nick in the, in the side of the house, um, he, and he was there all night, so he knows what he knows, um, and yet he still offers her the, you know, we're going to get you out of this this house, mm-hmm. you and Kaylee. Uh, I think it's really, you know, it's it's one of these scenes uh, where they're talking about something, but deep down, for 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 Stacy and and uh, on the surface for for Mike, they know that they're talking about something else. And getting out of this house for Stacy, you know, I mean, one thing is 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 always been the case for Mike from from uh, back from season one. Uh, he does not want to be shut out, right, uh, yeah. from this family. That'd be death for him. That, right. that yeah. would, he'd have nothing. He'd have nothing. You're right. So so buying into Stacy's you know, bullshit, whether whether he you know he knows that what the truth is, but he's he's gonna. Yeah. But see, I'm not everything you just said, but but I would add to it. I don't. I wouldn't assume. Well, you know what? It's for folks to look at it as they choose to interpret it. But I I wouldn't assume it's bullshit. I mean, I there's got to be easier ways. I mean, I think, know, I think she, she, could, she she could just ask him. For I mean, the that's money, my question. Yeah. Is it seems like be kind a lot of more a direct Ru- and easy. I wonder if it's kind of a Rube Gold. When I watch it, I wonder if it's kind of a Rube Goldberg way to get what she wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he's already so guilty. Mm-hmm. That if she wanted something of him, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, just, it's, 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 I, I, I think it's I, for us. It's I, I would say it's not a closed. It's not right. a closed question. Do but you, I do think you agree? I, w- I would agree. But I and, and so I, I don't want to sit here and tell people what it is or what to think. But I would I would best thing to do is maybe stay a little open minded if possible, yeah. and 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 also ponder the possibility that uh, she means what she says. Mm-hmm. I um, never really thought that it was malicious necessarily, nor highly manipulative, but the thing that really led me to start thinking that way is when he spent the entire night there and she's saying, this mm-hmm. happened at 2.13, I know, mm-hmm. I woke up, I heard it, that kind of thing. So that's why. <laughs> she I, could really believe she heard it, though. Yeah. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. which in which case, you know, he needs, she needs some kind of help. But maybe first order of business and, and most concrete kind of help he can provide, not being a psychiatrist, is uh, let's get you out of this neighborhood. This well, bad that's why I wanted to ask y'all. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I uh, you know, it, it's funny because I, I hesitate to tell people. I have people all the time when I when I 
you know, I, I'm lucky enough to get invited to talk about to various organizations or schools or this or that all over the place uh, about Breaking Bad still to this day. Thank God people are still interested in that. And people are always asking me about what did the ending mean? What did this mean? Did he really die at the end? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I mean, I have very def definitive, definite, whatever the right word is, uh, opinions on all of that. Uh, but I, I don't, I always find myself hesitating, you know, uh, at the at the at the at the moment of saying, "Well, this is the answer to that," because it's it's really uh, to me that's limiting for us to sit here and tell you what this is what it means, mm -hmm. this is what that means. It's uh, it's yours now as much as it is ours. Mm -hmm. uh, if you were a fan of the show or a fan of Breaking Bad or whatever you interpreted, how you see fit. And then I wind up saying, "Well, having said all that, this is what I meant. You know, this is what we were, what we in the writers' room were thinking." Blah blah blah. But I'm trying to. I don't think we should hit it too hard yeah. here and say, "Well, this is exactly what this mm -hmm. is." You know? Especially because you know this show is still alive and changing, and there's a lot more for us to learn about Stacy. Mm -hmm. That's uh, true. There's, I would imagine. There's. there's uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't think this wasn't her. La this wasn't her last episode. I think it's safe I to hope say. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I've still not met Carrie Condon, which is an embarrassing admission. She uh, follows me and Chris around. Oh yeah. Yeah, from really? show to show. From show to show. Oh, oh show yeah. Yeah. She was. Now. She was on Luck. She was on The Walking oh. Dead, and she's on Better Call Saul. She was in one episode of Walking. That's right. She yeah. was. It was just one episode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She had her husband's head in a bag. That's yeah. right. As she one is, does. She is such. <laughs> she is such. She's such a wonderful like. actress. Devotion. You know. No, that I, was that was a creepy. That was a creepy, yeah. disturbing moment. Uh, she's that was, really. That was good. interesting. That was very interesting. And and Luck. That was an underrated show. Mm -hmm. That was. That was a, obviously a real shame about the the the, the horse uh, the horses uh, being injured and and, what, and dying and that you know not to not to you know say that that wasn't a ter that was a terrible terrible thing that that was a shame all around because uh, mainly for the horses but also because that show I would have liked to have seen more mm -hmm. episodes of that show so true Michael Mann and David Milch talk about a one two punch those two <laughs> and gentlemen Dustin Hoffman Dustin and Hoffman, Nick Nolte and Nolte. Joan Nolte. Allen and yeah. Dennis Farina it's a cra it's crazy a murderer's row of uh, talented people Dennis Farina and he's passed away now yeah, yeah. What a Jason shame. Gedrick and, Jason Gedrick was and, great and Carrie Condon yeah, yeah you know, she and, was great and, and she was uh, she was a jockey right that's right and you she was using her actual her Irish her actual accent. Irish her beautiful accent, voice yes she that was a that was a damn good show. I was real sorry about that. Uh, I wanted. I, I was more interested with that show every episode I saw. Beautifully shot too. So you edited. You worked on the pilot. Pilot. That's cool. For a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Just the pilot. Well, it, it paid off. It <laughs> and I left. I left to come back to Breaking Bad. And well, they they kept working on it too. <laughs> yeah, for another yeah, two years. Two years. But Michael is wow. painstaking. He's That's a guy. He's a brilliant guy. I would I would love one day to have Michael Mann direct something I wrote. The guy's a genius. He's great. I know we won't have time to talk about everything, but uh, I definitely want to talk about about Jimmy and Kim in this episode because yeah. that's the way the way that that his relationship with her has been unfolding, and then the decisions that he makes in this episode. It's kind of to what we were talking about about him. He's a couple times he's faced with decisions, and mm -hmm. he all. It seems like he always chooses the the quote unquote wrong thing to do even though like we said it's justified but he does something in this episode that is really unforgivable mm -hmm. i mean yeah. truly that's unforgivable yeah. and that's you know in lying to kim yeah. and and he By has emotion. yeah and he has that chance when she says i can't you know i can't believe he 
he said okay to this right. and there he is in the office he has the chance to to run it by him and he makes that decision to deceive everybody especially yeah. the woman that he cares most about and who cares most about him you're talking and, about this commercial that he's made with, correct with who vince likes to call Kid, Kid, Kid Kubrick. Kubrick. Kid Kubrick. <laughs> Kid Kubrick. But does he, what does the blonde guy, the blonde guy doesn't have a, a, a little uh, name. He's, he's sound guy. He's, he's Julian. sound guy. He's, he's Julian. Julian. Julian the sound guy. Oh, his name is Julian? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the actor's name is Julian. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the sound guy's name could be Julian, too. That's true. Both these guys are great. Julian and Josh. Josh yes. and Julian. These yeah. guys are great. Uh, they are so damn funny. I finally met them uh, when I was visiting the set on episode eight. Yeah. Uh, which we will not uh, ruin for you. Those guys are very we funny. We just did. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, you were on the set of episode eight, and they're in it. Oh, that's well, all right. That's or are they? Okay. You, or all right, you got one over on me. All right. We'll all bleep right. it out. No, bleep. Who cares? We'll just bleep the episode Doesn't number out. When I Let's that. just not show the episode. Yeah, that's, that's, it, that's even better. Let's just skip it. Better. Let's keep it, skip it. keep it a real mystery. It goes <laughs> straight from seven to nine. But, and then it was great having Mrs. Strauss back, played by the lovely Carol Herman, mm -hmm. who uh, is just a very sweet lady, who knitted me a potholder uh, wow. that I love. Uh, it was very sweet of her. She was great. She's, she was, uh, in real life, she yeah. did, did that. And uh, she's a very nice lady, very very talented. Yeah. It was great seeing her back. So Jimmy sees this awful mesothelioma commercial with the swirl, and it's just boring and everything. You really wanted Kid Kubrick back, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was part of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we loved him so much in season one. Yeah. You know, with that, that great billboard sequence. Right. Which, which well, the character such a... Dude, the dude, the yes. dude. Yes. Such a douchebag, mm -hmm. the character. <laughs> Not the actor, the character. He, he brings out the but best in... funny. He brings out the best in Jimmy. Yeah. Does anybody I, like I love that. Just about to say that. <laughs> I love that moment so much. So, that's it? Old lady in chair? Yeah. That's, that's a commercial. You got? commercial. That's what, what every filmmaker has faced. Yeah. Uh, every, every, everyone has ever been to film school. Yes, right. like, yes. Yeah. like, can we push in Dolly? You don't see a Dolly here, do you? You didn't ask for a Dolly. Yeah. Guy asked for it, dude. You got to ask. It was really, really great dialogue, Jonathan. Very, very great fun. stuff. God, it was really fun to cut too because you can be really fast on that stuff. Yeah. yeah. You were so right. Every film student ever has been like, you know, let's meet in the corner of you know, blah, blah, and, you know, whatever, straight at 6 in the morning. People amble in around 6.45, and then like, all right, so what do you got for us? Because no one's getting paid. Yeah. It's and every, everyone but could direct it better. Yeah. There's, well, always there's always one guy who's got the vision, though. He's gathered everybody at 6 in the morning. They're all pissed off, but he still somehow has to, you know, push through exactly. and, get and, and motivate the troops, which is what uh, Jimmy's uh, position is in this scene. This guy reminds Tom Schnauz and I of uh, of so I'm, the guy who will go unnamed, but one of our fellow film students at NYU back in the mid '80s, who was <laughs> just so just got to drag him around everywhere by the heels. They're like, here, here's what we're doing. Ah, oh, this sucks. Your story's terrible. He's a true believer. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. That's that's how you build something wonderful. So I remember when you guys brought this uh, these dailies in. It was just two two shots, I think, and a, a moving shot that you used the the chair to mm -hmm. use. This is this is the commercial we're talking yeah, about. The actual commercial, commercial. Yeah. And which then, was the first thing that was cut for this yeah, season. Yeah, and then hmm. and then and then the close up with the tear uh, on the old lady. And I think I put it together, and it was actually pretty. And you're like, no, it needs to look worse. It needs yeah. to look crappier. We wanted it to be apparent, and I don't know if it is, 
that Jimmy's brilliant idea there is not to shoot uh, 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 Mrs. Strauss as she's coming down the, the stairlift, but to use the stairlift as his crane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have a dolly, okay. Well, and so that first shot, we didn't use the stair. You know, I wanted to ask that. So that's not an actual shot from the stair chair? Gosh. No, I don't think the no. camera oh, it's not. would have no. fit. Oh, it's not. Yeah, I don't we, think we yeah. imitated the move, but it was, it's, yeah. it, the sight line is too, uh, it, is not in line ah, from where the chair really so was. So did you have to build a, a railing with uprights? I think it was done in parts. We did do right. it in, We did do it on the staircase. Oh, oh, you did? We just didn't use the actual stair lift. It's movie magic, you guys. Yeah. Our crew is incredible. They can put a camera anywhere you can think of. Any crazy-ass idea you can come up with, they can make it practical, and you can see it in front. You can see it materialize yeah. in front of your eyes. It's, it, it really it really is special. So the house, that's a real house, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. That some nice people uh, uh, rented to us for mm-hmm. our use, and it was the second time we were there. So the chair, you guys had to find the, the stair chair separately, and then install it, and then uninstall it after the first episode, and then get it back and reinstall it or no actually it was promoed and then we actually gave it to them oh uh, and they they actually use it oh she's, oh she's see we are doing good in yeah. the world oh that's wow. wonderful and so it's actually awesome. still, still there, there yeah. oh well, we are the best just being useful <laughs> yeah. to the folks who live exactly, there exactly that is that oh, is terrific nice. yeah. and it, it's such that. a great location because uh i mean it looks like we did this great interior, the decorator and everybody did this great interior, but actually we just brought in the Hummels and okay. most of the decor, mm-hmm. but a lot of wow. the furnishings and the, the look of it was, we chose it because it had that look. And I, well, I remember picking that location. Season one was challenging because mm-hmm. we knew we wanted that shot of Jimmy in the foreground right. and, uh, and and Mrs. Strauss slowly descending mm-hmm. in the stair chair. <laughs> and you just can't him. find sculpted yellow carpet yeah. Well, my grandmother had exactly that carpet. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> so this is also the first episode where we, I think, where we actually see Jimmy's Jimmy's corporate apartment. Yes. Yes. Big bowl of balls. Big bowl of balls. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was fun. There always is a big bowl of uh, yeah wicker or some sort of decorative. Uh, I think uh, and bases. And bases. Yeah. Empty, Empty bases. bases. How great is Ray, by the way? Ray Seahorn. Wow. She's fantastic. She's great. She's great this season. Yeah. She's just killing it. And and obviously she and Bob, Bob obviously wonderful. And they are so good together. They're just so much fun to watch together. Well, we're really getting to know her. Season one was with Kim was so fascinating. You wanted to get to know her more. But yeah. she was always, you know, we didn't know the tra- true nature of, of, of Jimmy and Kim's relationship. Yeah. We didn't. There's a lot we didn't know about Kim. And in this season, we really she unfolds in a way that's just it's just so lovely and and we fall in love with her as as jimmy does and it's she does such great work that looks like a pretty fun date watching ice station zebra absolutely yeah Yeah, where did ice station zebra come from guys well it was that was ice station zebra goes all the way back or all the way forward to the very first episode uh in which uh saul goodman appears on better call saul that's right that's what he he uh he wants a check Written to uh, Ice Station Zebra. What is it? Ice Station, Ice Station Zebra, Zebra Associates. Associates. That's his loan Which out. Which is loan out. It's right. perfectly legitimate. Which right. now, in <laughs> hindsight, I don't know that loan out is the right well, financial it, terminology. It was loan out. It sounded like it sounded like a sounded like a screenwriter or, I know, it did. or a director. I know. Yeah, so it's, uh, but it, it's it's interesting to me that that's and now we see that he he had never seen this movie before. 
when he's right. when he's when he's with Kim. Yeah. He's, he he has never heard of this. I don't know if he's heard of it. He's, he's heard well, of it. He's never he, seen he it. He does seem to know the detail that yeah. Howard Hughes That's uh, right. was Howard Hughes's favorite yes. movie, which apparently, uh, for folks who don't know, apparently it was Howard Hughes. Apparently, hold uh, hold hold up is that a word? Hold up in a uh, in a movie theater. Where was this? Was this in Los Angeles? It was it? in Los Angeles. It was a, it was a screening room on Sunset Boulevard. Right, and that yeah, was, tell, that was, that was the first. That was his first bout of like holding up and watching movies over and over. I'm not sure if it was. This might have actually been before Ice Station. The Ice, Ice Station Zebra oh, came out. Okay. I think Ice Station Zebra came out while he was Dying. in his uh, while he was going from hotel to hotel all oh. over the world. Okay, right. uh, and he would bring he would bring a project a movie projector and a stack of a stack of films and the one that he watched over and over again. At least that that's what I've heard. Yeah. was Ice Station Zebra. Yeah. Was it just saw it literally hundreds, if not thousands, of times? And we were so we were so lucky to, that, uh, that that we were allowed to use the movie uh, yeah. on the show. And GM was, was real good to us. And we had to, you know, our post people had to do incredible because every single one of those actors had to be had <laughs> oh, to be that's paid right. had from to be cast. paid from a movie made in 1968. So yeah. Alicia and 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 some and the rest of our folks Diane in post and, and Diane and Carly yeah. they had to they had to go frame by frame and figure out who who all these actors well, were. Well, you know, the, the the interesting thing too about this movie being the choice. This is clearly one of Jimmy's favorite moments in perhaps his life is just snuggling up with Kim on his couch watching an old movie you know chinese food empty bottle of wine there and everything in this moment is just perfect for him and then you know retroactively or i guess i don't know what would be the term because this is the prequel but we're humanizing that moment with saul mm -hmm. in in breaking bad because he, you know we of course we're doing it in this weird meta way but this is why it's on his mind. This is why when it yeah. came time to name his loan-out company, he thought of Ice Station Zebra because mm -hmm. that night never left his head. Mm -hmm. That, you know, I, 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 there's certainly no indication in our scene here in 203 that he's so in love with this movie that he's, you know, yeah, true. he pulls at Howard Hughes. He, he, it's, it's just the night and yeah. the time and the company. That's true. That's, so, that's, that's, that's well said. That and is. it's the setting for a really, really grisly lie. Yes, you can. I mean, yes. the, fa the, the, fact, the fact that he <laughs> pretends tends to continue having a conversation yeah. that is a congratulatory mm -hmm. call when he just got his ass handed to him yeah, by yes. the boss. I mean that well, I don't know how you come back from that. Well, I think I think that you know what we discussed was that um, Jimmy thinks he can pull it off. Right. Jimmy thinks yeah. that the next morning when it's time to to you know get in front of the firing squad uh, Davis and Maine the partners and 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 Cliff Maine, he's going to convince them that this was a good move. Yeah, yeah. Because for one showing, he might. He might, and you know, he and might. He might as well we do leave it. the episode, who knows? Maybe know. he'll. Maybe he'll find a way to pull this out, and, and Kim Absolutely. will never be the wiser. As Absolutely. folks listen to this, yeah. which is which is which is still not exactly uh, an honest man's uh, approach to these sorts of things, especially given the fact that a few scenes earlier, Kim basically said to him, "My ass is on the line here. If you screw up." It's going to reflect badly on me, mm -hmm. so he doesn't ignore it. You see, you see some discomfort on his face. Yeah, and right at the tail end, that, that shot holds a little longer than usual mm -hmm. for us when yeah. he says, "What what I miss? Anything blow up yet?" Right. And then we hold a little longer than we would normally because of that discomfort that right. they subtle discomfort. You know, we talked a lot in our editing, uh, in the editing room, and your uh, editing. Uh, uh, 
suite there, whatever the hell they call it. Uh, room. Room. It's not quite a suite. It's <laughs> no, not, it doesn't rise it's to a that nice level. room. Yeah, it's, you got a nice window. Anyway, we talked a lot about, because actually what uh, Chris was just saying, I mean, it got me worried. That's a really nasty lie that just seems kind of really self It's of omission, too. It's not really, he's not being proactive. He's just kind of not. Well, no, no, it's a, not a lie of omission. He's pretending the guy who hung up on him is still on the phone, mm-hmm. giving him high praise. Yeah. That's pretty nasty. It's so, pretty nasty. And, and I think what Jonathan said is, is you know, it, it seems to me he's he thinks he can, it's clear he thinks he can manage the situation, but to give away how the sausage is made, there's a, I, I was worried in the editing room it was too much. He was doing too much here. It was too mm-hmm. big a lie. And we ask you to try cutting it out, which is to say the guy yells at Cliff, uh, played by the, the, the lovely and uh, lovely, lovely person and a wonderful actor, Ed Bagley. Ed, uh, uh, or rather Cliff, hangs up on him angrily. And then we, you tried cutting off of that to him sitting back down and cutting out, cutting around mm-hmm. Kim saying... You know, cutting golden around the lie, and then cutting around Kim saying "Ooh, golden boy," and then just have him plop right. back down. And the cut physically worked. I think you figured out a way to make it. Mm, it didn't work. No, it didn't work in the sense, but I think physically you made the cut work. Mm, but but so it, it just felt wrong in the sense that it was very abrupt. Yeah, it almost looked like we cut stuff out. Which yeah, the geography of the hang up and then plopping back down on the couch. It just yeah. kind of just, just felt wrong. Really yeah, it felt yeah. wrong. And we, think, and we didn't go with it. I yeah. think the way we set it up too, that, that, that he's challenged to find another way in the early, in, in act one. Uh, and, and, and he finds another way. He, he uses his ingenuity and he creates this commercial and yeah, he didn't, and she like it. is praising the and commercial. And she's proud of him. She's yeah. like, wow. And that's, that may be more important than anything in terms of whether or not he thinks he can pull it off yeah. the next day in front of Cliff. That pride yeah. that that she expresses is so you know. He likes so that important. feeling. He loves that feeling. Well, yeah. and he did do a good thing. I mean, right. he he he. The work that he did was was good, mm-hmm. and it had the intended effect. And he they got all those calls. His, yeah. the, you know, the the end is exactly what he wanted to do. He has better but it's that he just keeps than... doing it. It's it's the way it's the his methods, right? That but keep. I gotta say he, though, yeah, he has better taste than than Cliff, like Davison. I mean, well, they, does he? I mean, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the thing. I mean, uh, I think I think this is clearly a, a case of. Uh, well, here I go. I'm 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 telling you what to. Th- I'm not telling you what to think. But I mean, we're just having a spirited uh, discussion here. I. I I think clearly his his philosophy here in this episode is it's better to to beg forgiveness than permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I think he thinks the ends justify the means, and I think he you know, and all that matters is the number of phone calls. But you know, if I were Cliff Main, I think Cliff Main's reaction is is pretty in line with how I would react if, oh, yeah. if I were Cliff Main. Oh, I, I mean, agree but, with but you. For all we know, you know, in the next episode, you know, Cliff. Cliff may have re- rethought things. It's very, it's very hard to know out of out of the end of this episode. You you feel that Jimmy, Jimmy's Jimmy might be in trouble, but maybe maybe he can pull it out. Well, maybe he can. Well, if anyone could, Jimmy yeah, can. I think but so. I mean, in this moment, not not talking ahead, but in this moment, I mean, if uh, I mean you 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 know this guy's got this big law firm. The new mm-hmm. guy, the last guy through the door, the newest guy, 
working here is suddenly representing the entirety of the law firm right. with a commercial he put on the air mm -hmm. all by himself mm -hmm. without showing it to anybody. Right. That, I mean, that's I, where I, he's wrong. The top of my yeah. head would blow off if I were Cliff Main. So, <laughs> so I get where he's coming from, right. me personally. So it's just, you know, it's funny because Jimmy's no dummy, clearly, but this is, uh, I mean, this is an interesting thing to do. I mean, it's a kind of a socially or politically tone-deaf maneuver, to say the least, mm -hmm. on Jimmy's he also part. Tried. He said, well, you know, I am the head of this department, and I did tell Cliff, hey, how about a commercial? And Cliff said, yeah, let's, you know, let's... Talk about it next yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not no. Right. You know, there's a lot of ways to justify this. Well, and the results to him, I think. Yeah, and the and the results, mm -hmm. yeah. And they the are going to be helping. The well, they just they clearly justify it to to, totally, to, yeah. to Jimmy, but I, you know, there are definitely two sides to this. But this is also a guy, Jimmy. You got to keep in mind, this is a guy who's been his own boss for a very long time, and who's never. I mean, he's worked at a law firm in the sense that he worked in the mailroom with a clip-on tie at right. a big law firm, but he's <laughs> never been a partner track. Uh, attorney at a law firm so this is a guy who's who's had to had to you know uh, you know make make his own in make his ends meet you know do his own advertising you know keep keep the lights on at his own uh, uh, single uh, single what do you call it single uh, attorney S firm Solo practitioner. Yeah. Solo, solo, solo practitioner. practitioner. That's all he knows so yeah. there is clearly a big learning curve here mm -hmm. for, for he's, Jimmy. He's also somebody who always sees the shortest distance between two points mm -hmm. that's an and, interesting thing and he, he 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 always he he's he's interested in, in results and it's very hard for him to resist uh low-hanging fruit yeah <laughs> he's very results oriented so, just, uh, so you know it's, it's it's an interest it's an interesting uh, position to be in i have to say anytime anytime he gets to put on a new costume like that ten-gallon hat yeah. and, the, and the boots. I'm, I'm, o, the I'm always happy. The tie with the armadillo. That that, that armadillo uh, is, is Jen, Jennifer. Really, is a genius. How'd you guys? There was I know Bob, who's a very sweet and uh, thoughtful guy. Bob Odenkirk was worried in the shooting of this scene that it would be too hot on the bus for these folks. Mm. And there was, I guess, you guys had to pump air conditioning in and all that. But the original plan was. Mm -hmm. To shoot inside a bus, but maybe to put it to park it in the soundstage and put uh, a green screen around it and map in, uh, or, or, or I guess mat in uh, the uh, uh, plate plate mm -hmm. shots at all on all four sides. But I guess uh, we didn't go with that. That's that's not the approach we generally use on yeah. the show. Right. So. But you, but you had a bus full of senior citizens. Mm -hmm. It was a, it was a concern for sure. And it was hot. Yeah, and then you're pumping more light into the bus mm -hmm. as well. Right. Yeah. So. And it's a lo and they're long takes. You know, yeah. we, we didn't uh, we didn't yeah. we true. didn't cut it up. Mm -hmm. But but they did great. And uh, you know, they were sometimes talking over. Over uh, Bob's, at one point, one of them uh, got a phone call. Oh yeah! During one of <laughs> Bob's takes, from his agent. <laughs> right. 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 And and you know, Bob, uh, he's got a big ass speech there, and yeah. a lot of actors would uh, flip out at, at at less than that. And uh, and Bob just you know very kind. He said, "Dear, um, do you mind if I just finish the speech before you take that phone call? Thank you so much." <laughs> and and uh, he you know he he 
was such a sweetheart with, with, nice. with them. And everybody felt like they were glad to be there, regardless nice. of the comfort factor. Nice. That's great. That's cool. Well, um, just one last thing. Uh, we've kind of gotten things sort of moving in a underworld type of direction for Mike. Mike mm-hmm. is asking, you brought, you brought the vet back, mm-hmm. and Mike yeah. is asking for... You know, more. Joe DeRosa. I love Joe DeRosa yeah. so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mike is asking for more work. He wants more money, obviously. To, to pay for that house that he's yeah. got to buy for Stacy. No, I was, I was just going to say, it, this is one of the episodes, I think one of the things that I really liked about it was how the, the paths of Mike and Jimmy, actually, there's a lot of parallel themes to it. They both have a problem. They both have pressure from somebody else. And they both hope that the thing that they do uh, we'll take care of that problem. Mike sits out there all night long hoping to take care of the problem for Stacy. Jimmy, of course, makes his commercial. And then jumping to the end of the episode, um, neither of those things worked. And they're both sort of on the precipice of, 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 of some kind of shitstorm hitting. And yeah. I keep on hitting this table. <laughs> um, <laughs> can't help it. Speaking of which, can't help but wonder if there's frustration or, or, or anxiousness for these two guys to get back together into one storyline. What do you? Mm-hmm. We do we we worried about that affair, but oh, didn't yeah. we? Oh yeah, Bob and you mean uh, Jimmy and Mike? Jim, Jimmy, Jimmy and Mike, Mike yeah. yeah, working together because we, we you know we love seeing those two together. Well, and we, the we core, know they the eventually the work their way around to the guy who knows the guys. So. Sure, it's, it's just you, it's one of those things. It's like uh, sometimes you gotta as a writer, you gotta as as writers as we all as a group of writers. Sometimes the things you want to do, you can't necessarily jump right into mm. because. The characters have to go where they need to go, and they kind of tell you where they need to go. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, speaking personally, I'd love to see Mike and Jimmy hanging out more because they're so so damn much fun together. Mm-hmm. But you kind of you got to kind of let the story take you where it takes you as well, as writers. That was the one one thing that I kind of alluded to in the last podcast. And you guys, as writers, really work to figure out where our characters are at and not try and put them into plot situations. Mm -hmm. It's more character-based rather than plot-based. I really admire the way that you guys grew Breaking Bad. Um, It was a big teaching tool for me, but even when I write now, it's more like, well, what would this character actually do? Not not jamming them into a situation. It's it's interesting you you bring that up because that that, that reminds me that there were times on Breaking Bad when we felt, why aren't Walt and Jesse together? Oh, yeah. That we would, we would get, hell we would us, get yeah. very frustrated that, that these two characters seem to be on diverging paths, and we loved having them together so much because they were they were like Laurel and Hardy oh, in their own great way. together. That was a whole ye- yeah. whole season that you yeah. guys at one point had them apart. That's true. Well, and then toward the end too. I mean, it just uh, yeah, and it, it that that first season that happened really really was nail biting time for me because mm-hmm. like why do you why would you want to Take uh, why would you want to you know pull the peanut butter away from the chocolate there you know you got this great thing going why do you want to why do you want to separate the two but we had to to go where the story took us that's true yeah but uh, anyway great job on this first uh, episode of uh, Better Call Saul great job Jonathan good writing wonderful wonderful work as always uh, Tony thanks very much. Oh, you know, we were when we saw Tony today. We were we were talking about some things that are coming up later in this season, where where just just Tony and his department just out, outdid themselves Absolutely. in a couple of. I don't want to tease something that, we, that the audience hasn't seen yet, but there there are a couple of things 
there are a couple of outstanding feats that you guys pulled off uh, later this season, and I can't, I can't wait to share. I hope you can come back and talk, so we can talk about some of the stuff that's coming up, uh, which which I think is so impressive and so beautifully executed. Can we say this? Thanks. That one of them wasn't even done this year. Ooh. That's Ooh, just so that's that mystery. What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> that One of them wasn't even done this year. This, this is how this is how that's far right. ahead we play this chess game. That's, right. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's right. That's a good little tease. Anything else you want to tease? What the hell is uh Nacho asking of Mike. Yeah, that, that was going to say, got, wait, wait, there's still the one scene at yeah, the what, end. What is, what is, what is, you know, who, he needs to make who a is guy Nacho disappear. talking about and what is Mike going to do? Right. And why would Nacho call Mike? Yeah. I, I, he I, asked for, he requested and, him. Do you, yeah. think, and you think that, do you think Mike's ready to... Ready what to, does it mean, a guy going away? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he, maybe he just wants some. I guess maybe he wants. Obvious what that maybe means. he wants. Uh, <laughs> maybe he wants Piper Mike to take him on a take him on a bicycle trip through <laughs> through the Southwest. Yeah, maybe could, could be, be that. But uh, now that that uh, that 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 threatens to be very dramatic. Do you want to talk just a little bit about that set that you guys used or that Scott Winant used at, at the end there? Yeah, what is it? That's a location near the train yard, right? right? Yeah, it's the, the, um, the old train yard. Yeah, in yeah. Albuquerque. There, and, and I and think. I've, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's Tony. actually an old uh, parts storage shed. Okay. Um, that has um, some, like, dividing cages in it and ah. uh, tracks in the ceiling and stuff. And it's a bit in disrepair now, but they like to keep it as pristine as they can, and they don't want it to get in any worse condition. Sure. They really like it. So. And it's, 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 it's a stone's throw as well from where Jesse and Mike do their – I don't remember which episode that one is, but when they're on there picking up money. Yeah, no, Michelle, that was Michelle McLaren's yeah. episode, wasn't it? Michelle directed it. Yeah, Tom that was five oh five. It's actually well, right, right around the corner the from yeah. right. Pittsburgh. I mean, from uh, uh, the, from uh, uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. From Philadelphia. Yeah, it's yeah. also right. it's you also episode uh, four oh five. There's a landmark that you can spot, which is where uh, Walt ran over the the bullet heads and shot one of them. Oh, it's yeah. right over there too. Combo oh. corner. Albuquerque is not yeah. that big a city. It's uh, nice and compact and and we we shot a lot of some a lot of places, a lot of mm. landmarks from Breaking Bad or, or you know, you turn the camera just a little bit and you'd see them <laughs> in some of these new locations. The That's th- a I'm sure I'm, I'm just going to say this train yard is an amazing um, you, you really we don't even use a corner of it. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible place. The what used to it, Albuquerque was the spot where all the steam engines mm-hmm. were renovated and were, were repaired for the entire country. So they, the, the that, you know oh, they I would know run that. they would run mm-hmm. a steam engine you know from east to west and they it would they would stop in Albuquerque. And in a later episode, uh, Tony decorated a location with some uh, historical photographs of Albuquerque, and one of them showed some of the buildings that we've <coughs> shot in. In full swing, and they are—they've suspended, you know, these 14-ton locomotives from these giant, these giant crane arms. It is—it is really incredible. Wow. It's incredible to think about mm-hmm. uh, what was going on there a hundred yeah. years ago. Yeah, it's yeah. an amazing facility. But I'm just wondering, didn't have we ever used that in the daylight? Did we use it on Breaking Bad <laughs> in the daylight? I think we have. I think or is it or possibly very, very near, very close by? Yeah. Is it possibly? one of the promo locations like when walt when brian did the the all hail the king or and he had all the 
the big plastic tubs. Ah, uh, you know what? Absolutely right. right. You're absolutely there. right. The in the poster, daylight? Poster from uh, 5A. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. Uh, when he was sitting surrounded by money and uh, meth, that was in the, uh, I think you're right, that was in the, uh, the, the that one of those locomotive sheds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the light comes through very nice. I mean, I think that some of that that stuff's been in like the Iron Man movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a, but you've seen in a lot of different shows. (laughs) uh, That that uh, it's a really really fascinating place. So, So, that's wow. There's one other thing I have to do. Great. I think uh, you guys will all want to share. Will will second me in saying uh, about five or six days ago, I forget exactly when, uh, Mr. Brian Cranston. Got an mm-hmm. Oscar, Oscar nomination, nomination. Yes. for Best Actor. Oh boy! So uh, three cheers for Brian. I mean, yeah, it absolutely. But just I, I just we could not be more proud of you, Brian. And uh, not that he would ever listen to this, but maybe someone will tell him. <laughs> he's, he's, he's way too cold now to be listening. Give him a code. He did text us. <laughs> yeah, he texted Peter and he texted yeah, me. That's true. No, it's just we. I'm just kidding, but we we could not be more proud of Brian because it's just uh, just like I was. I could. I mean, uh, wow, amazing. So and, so, and so, so happy. Brian Cranston for Trumbo. So, so rich, Trumbo for so the movie Trumbo. Excellent movie. And what a great movie. Yes. Yeah. So uh, so man, just like uh, that's a, that's astounding and and uh, so well deserved. So uh, yeah, and so all episode. because he wore tidy whities in episode one. Huh? No, I don't. No, I I. <laughs> I, I think uh, it would have happened no matter what, but I because uh, he's that good and the world would have known it if not for Breaking Bad for something else. But uh, I'm I'm glad we uh, were in some uh, glancing way uh, part of uh, the world knowing what a great actor he is. So. Yeah, congrats, Brian. Yeah. Congratulations. So I guess that's it for two o three. I think we did a pretty good job of talking about it, and we got to talk about you guys' first, you know. Well, Jonathan's first episode. Yes. Jonathan's yeah. first, episode first episode and Tony's first year. And yeah. That's right. You know, um, we're glad you guys are here. Um, would love to have you back. Jonathan, you can't come back. <laughs> you don't get to come <laughs> back. You touch the table, touch touch the too, table much. too much. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. You can come back. I'm just kidding. Love you. You know, you know I love you. Such a anyway, um, uh, so uh, uh, until uh, we do episode 204, which I have no idea when we're going to do. So, uh, hey, everybody. Thanks, uh, thanks for tuning in this time. And... Um, We'll see you next week. Bob, thanks. Take us out. Better call Saul. Yeah! Yeah!